0: Hi everyone, my name is Chad Kelly, and today we are going to be discussing one of the key foundation pieces of a strong financial plan, emergency savings. We will be hearing from Patrick Brady, who's one of the advisors here at UMA Financial. Hope you enjoy. Patrick, thanks for joining me today. Uh, Today we're going to take a dive into emergency funds. Emergency funds are something that you know commonly you think of something that just applies to someone early on in their career but we found that it applies to someone throughout their whole career but before we jump into the topic tell us a little bit about yourself Patrick Um, how long have you been here at UMA Financial
1: I have been here since 2000 so going on my 19th year I've been an advisor for about 22 years Actually, I started American Express Financial Advisors right out of college. I have a degree in economics from the University of Utah and uh, didn't really see myself going into uh, financial planning while I, was, while I was getting my economics degree, but it was a natural fit for what I found I loved. So First, well.
0: good, good, good. Patrick probably has more experience than any other advisor in the state when it comes to working with, you know. People early on in their career as physicians, all the way through their career. I mean, he—he's seen this. You've seen the spectrum. You've worked with thousands and thousands of residents, and you're nice. So I think you're. Uh, I think you're qualified to give some, shed some insight
1: on the topic here. Well, it's been a fun career. I'll, I will say that I don't think I would do this unless I was at the medical association. The way we operate as a company gives me the ability to be truly myself um, in trying to be objective and. Help people no matter what their circumstances or where their money is, and it's a really beautiful setup. Absolutely. For them. All right. That, so
0: emergency funds. Yeah. You where know. Where should we start? I mean, some some of this might seem fairly basic, but you know, let's just jump into a basic question: What should an emergency fund be used for? And, and I ask this question because it, it's we situ, see situations where it's not always clear. You know, what what yeah. are things that it's okay to use an emergency fund versus things that it's probably not okay.
1: Um, an emergency fund is uh, exactly how it's titled for its purpose, uh, particularly during the years in which you're working. And I think I'll talk a little bit about what does an emergency fund look like when you retire, because uh, that, that has relevance to how you see it today. So when emergencies happen in our life, it's Murphy's Law, typically. We know it's coming. Uh, that's one reason we buy insurance because we know that there's some catastrophe that could take place, but at the same time, we're unsure of when when it's gonna happen. So individuals typically think of emergency funds differently than a savings account for a car or savings for college or the opportunity fund because the opportunity fund or the savings for car is going to happen and you can time it whereas an emergency fund is an unexpected experience and so we really need to safeguard those assets and put them in a place where they're always secure and they're always there and they're the right amount you don't want to have too much you don't want to have too little Um, a lot of it is based upon mathematics and finance and budgets but i will be the first one to tell you that there are individuals that need very large emergency funds to sleep well at night. It is the ambient of their life. So when you say
0: very large, I mean, are we talking like, large. like yeah. Oh, yeah. five okay. months worth of expenses? Oh, larger eight, than eight that. Eight months worth of expenses?
1: I, I have a client that needs to have a half million dollars in their emergency fund because of their culture how they were raised, what they went through. For them to sleep well at night. For them to sleep well at night. It is a half million dollars in cash. And And it's stunning. And that's probably on the high end. And that's at the high end. And as an advisor, when you first see that, you're saying, now, you know, let's talk about this half million dollars doing very little. But then when you talk about what it really means to them and why it's there, and that they are doing the right things in other places, then it makes sense to say, I get it. So I'm not going to fight against that let's just make smart decisions on what that looks like. And we're gonna to have to work a little bit harder at getting a rate of return that's safe for you versus um, using that money in a more broad way. Yeah. So yeah, all the way down to someone that just needs one month. You know, Someone starting out in their career, well oftentimes, and Dave Ramsey says this, you just need a thousand bucks. And a thousand bucks in the bank typically covers most simple car repairs that, that come unexpectedly you know, So when you're a young resident or a young medical student and you have no money to spare, a thousand dollars means everything to you. But then as your career starts getting more into it and you start to understand what cash flow looks like and you've created these commitments that have um, uh, some obligations associated with uh, going into a disaster if you can't pay for them, let's say a mortgage or some credit card debt, they could destroy your credit. Let's talk about insurance. If you lost your job for some reason, most physicians don't lose their jobs. Uh, most physicians change jobs, yeah. and that's another topic as well. But yeah. that will fit into what we talk about in a few minutes. Anyway, so emergency fund is an emergency fund.
0: Yeah, and and it can, as you stated, it can vary from you know one month's worth of expenses Penses. up to uh, years. Years, I I, absolutely. Yeah.
1: When you get into retirement, I mean, I generally counsel most. I mean, and my, my practice is heavy now on the older physicians, as you know, and a lot of times we're doing two year emergency funds, almost three years, and, and what that emergency fund looks like is a little different. We have an emergency fund, but then we have what's called income retur- emergency where the stock market or their portfolios dropped, and now we don't want to pull out of the market at the same time that the market's falling down for their required minimum distribution. And so we go to cash and we set up two to three years of cash flow and our new emergency is is different oh. because it's called markets going down and you need income because you're not going to work anymore. So use that so, cash
0: they have on hand to, absolutely. to span
1: the gap. And we versus... strategize that and we look five years in advance to prepare that. If someone says they're going to retire at 60, we start building that cash reserve somewhere around 60. I mean, they're going to retire at 65, we start building that cash reserve somewhere between 60 to 62 years old getting it ready to say at 65 you have 2 to 3 years of proper reserves. But going back to our young age, we we do it a little bit differently when you're still working. Well, perfect.
0: Um, say say well it's common for us to talk to clients and they say I've got maybe 10, 30 or Forty, fifty thousand dollars 50000 in cash and yeah. it makes me uneasy seeing it sit there. Right. You know, what? Sh- where should it be realistically? Do do? I mean, is, is it sitting in cash in the bank account <coughs> the correct place?
1: You know, if you can imagine a pyramid in your head, so let's t- go to the top of the pyramid. And, and if I'm with someone, I'm typically drawing it this way. So the top of the pyramid, just, you know, draw two lines. So divide it into thirds. So the top third, let's just call it your checking account. And that kind of is a flow-through account. So you have money coming in, you have money going out. It can get as low as, I mean, for some people, it can get as low as $1,000 and and they are comfortable. If it gets that low in my household, uh, we get a little bit uncomfortable. Um, But there's a flow that goes in and out. So that can kind of act as a reserve because you know a check is coming. If you lose your job for some reason, you get in a car accident, you might be able to say, oh, I've got another paycheck coming. Um, Timing's tough on that one. So let's just say that's a flow through and it doesn't count. Checking account doesn't count. Second, uh, second portion of that pyramid. That middle tier. That middle tier. That needs to be, in my opinion, FDIC insured money. That needs to be sitting at the bank. Now there's a lot of places that are better than the typical savings account and money market account. I mean, you know, we, we see Wells Fargo accounts, Zions Bank, US Bank. We see these accounts all the time, and there's nothing against the banks, but those banks do not offer an interest rate that's competitive, that's it's out there for Just, for a savings account. Yeah, yeah, it's minimal. I mean, it's good to have something really tied to your checking account. So maybe one month of reserves. Let's say you need, let's say you need six thousand dollars a month. To, to reach all of your committed expenses that are t- classified emergency. So emergency is funds you gotta pay for your mortgage, your car payments, you gotta pay for health insurance, you gotta pay for any life insurance you don't wanna stop. Um, let's say there's some, uh, you gotta pay for food, um, taxes. I mean, there's, there's a myriad yeah. of things that we help you go through and identify what's really a committed expense and what's not a committed expense. Cable's not a committed expense as <laughs> yes. an example. Yeah. It can be if it's your job finding, but it's, a, it's not a committed expense. It's debatable. It's depending depending debatable. What yeah. sports teams are playing and what yeah, yeah, exactly, there you go, exactly. <laughs> um, then on your, so you have like one month there and then that's easy to flow into your checking account so it's super accessible. But when you're going to second and third month and, and maybe not even all of the first month, go to some place like Ally Bank, go to an online bank. So FDIC insured, American Express Bank, Ally Bank, Discover Card Bank, and, and by the way, most of these banks are in Utah, actually, where they're established because of our loose banking laws. So the largest bank in Utah is Ally Bank, yeah. but it's yeah. owned by General Motors, and it was renamed after General Motors' GMAC went bankrupt back in 2007, and they had to reclassify their bank to Ally Bank. So it's a very secure product even though they had some bad mortgages they restructured very nicely and that's ultimately who owns ally bank to this day but american express bank is over in fort union is their headquarters well they were their headquarters now they moved over on i-215 just you couldn't even walk in and do anything but you get a two percent so if you're getting like 0.25 0.4 in your savings account over at u.s bank you can get a three hundred, four hundred percent higher rate of return just by being smarter with your cash reserves. And when you are saving ten thousand dollars, and now you are getting, you know, a two percent rate of return, take it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'll I'll take two hundred dollars any day. It starts to add
0: up right? over
1: uh, forty-five bucks. Especially
0: if you know, if you use the example of ten thousand. But if we're talking fifty thousand or one hundred thousand, oh, yeah. I mean, it it really it makes really a adds up a lot. Yeah.
1: So that's the second tier. So you'd have you know two, one to two months there, and then your third tier. So you can imagine the bottom of the pyramid. This is where you can be a little bit more aggressive. So back in the day when we started here when I started here the Medical Association only had Russell investments as an offering we really couldn't go anywhere else and um, they did all our portfolios and we had five pre-tax and we had five after-tax portfolios but we had no true cash reserves that we offered and so we sent everybody to Vanguard and Vanguard had this, this municipal bond product that we use that had a checkbook associated with it because it made it really liquid. And they still offer that. And sometimes we do advise um, one of those funds. Uh, you'd have to talk to us to tell you which one it is because it, there's two or three of them and you need to be really specific on how you advise on that. It's just like writing a prescription. You just can't say it over over the internet or over a podcast. But overall, now we have better products. Now we have places here where we actually can tie it to your Fidelity account and they're, they're tax exempt, which means that 1099 that you typically get to your bank, you're gonna lose, when you have a savings account at Allied Bank or American Express Bank on that second tier, you're gonna pay taxes on it. It's a 1099. And so you really don't get the rate of return of 2% yeah. because after taxes, you might, if you're in a high tax bracket, you're gonna lose 30% of that return Sure, to yeah. taxes. But if you add a tier like this municipal bond tiers, then it's tax-free earning. I mean, tax-free is a pretty tough word to say. It's called tax-exempt is the technical word so we don't go to jail. But <laughs> it really is a tax-free experience. So yeah. that if you earn 2 if you earn 2%, you really earn 2%. These funds over time, some days they're bad, bonds are kind of taking a haircut today. Yeah. But over time they're paying about a 3% dividend on those funds and those are tax exempt dividends. So it would feel more like a 4.5% taxable return if you were being 1099'd on it. I know I just went into um, some deep garden <laughs> weed talk <laughs> and some of the details. We're that gonna have to do some might, more explaining you might have to. Yeah, you, Chad might be editing this out <laughs> a little bit. But as you can see, cash reserves or emergency funds are not as simple as just keeping them at the bank, yeah. especially for physicians. Physicians are a totally different animal because you're dealing with a completely different tax bracket. Ah, and okay. so your teller at the bank that tells you, oh, I have a great savings account, they're not trained on tax strategy and they're not trained on what a physician needs versus the average blue-collar worker because it's very different relative to to, um, what you need, particularly in amounts. Because three to six months is like the standard textbook answer. If you go to a Dave Ramsey course, he's gonna tell you six months cash reserves. Well, physicians, they don't need six months of cash reserves necessarily if they have the proper type of disability policy. Yeah, so kind of the,
0: The trend you're you're explaining is that the longer your time horizon is, the the more aggressive you could be. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So So if you have,
1: if you have three to six months in cash reserves, because that's your ambient, that's how you sleep well at night. Yeah. That bottom tier of that pyramid can be more aggressive, yeah. Because we have that that middle tier or that checking account, we have different sources of income that we go to very first. Yeah, dip into the dip top into ones those first. top ones first, and then by the time we, if the disaster even lasts for three months, then we're going to that bottom tier. You can start and pull, we start start money pulling out of there, a brokerage yeah. account, or exactly. Yeah, so, so we have different ways of doing it. So a brokerage account can work for that bottom tier, yeah, But right. it has to be the right investment in a a brokerage account isn't stocks yeah for a a true emergency fund now if you're investing for longer than four years um, on these things um, yeah you you can consider having some equities inside there sure but they're boy they're a small portion of equities and they're typically a really really broad index fund or ETF super cheap and it's just very it's really broad broader than the S&P 500 most times um, maybe the total stock market index or something like that.
0: So, so, I mean, the short answer is you don't look at your even if you have a large emergency fund. That's not the area of your portfolio you look for growth or to take risk. It's you know you, you can you can blend some some risk or stock exposure in there if, for the if your time horizon. Yeah, it, you know if it, if it applies
1: to your situation. But for but the to most bring it part, to the purity of the emergency fund yeah. podcast you're offering. <laughs> We don't put stocks in emergency funds. Makes sense. Nope, not at all. Makes
0: sense. So. You know, another common question we get, people will say, hey, you know, I have a great disability insurance policy, you know, either long-term or short-term. If someone has, you know, a disability policy, do you need an emergency fund still? Does it make sense? Or can you just simply rely on that disability So policy? the
1: disability policies are tied. So disability policies have what's called elimination periods. And we all have them. And elimination periods typically for physicians who have a private disability policy, if you wrote it through a broker. Um, a lot of guys and in, in, uh, gals in Utah have, and when I say guys, please, I'm classifying all human beings. <laughs> yeah. um, they have uh, Northwestern or the standard, um, our most common, the principal is a commonly written one in Utah. Yeah, And you have about 180 day waiting period is the max, but typically it's 90 days. The trick on that though is disability policies, so you have three months before you get a flow of cash. You technically have four months because they pay on the last day of the third month. and So really you're almost into 120 days and And if you don't recognize that, you get really frustrated when you say, hey, I'm ready for my disability payment on day 91. You're waiting for that check and it's it's not showing up. Oh, it's day 91. Now we're counting you as disabled. We'll pay you at the end of this 30 days. We'll start the process of getting the money sent out. Exactly, so you need four months to cover a 90-day cash reserve uh, policy relative to a disability policy like that. If you have a six-month or 180-day waiting period, you really need seven months before you're gonna get a paycheck. And that changes just a little bit of the dynamic because now you might have to go to your family, you might have to dip into a retirement plan. You're scrambling. You're scrambling for money. And so, going back to, yes, you need a disability policy, cash reserves, we typically tie to the disability policy's elimination period. So if it's a 90-day, we say about three months, assuming you have good cash flow in your checking account, um, and if it's six months, like at Intermountain Healthcare, I think you need a six month reserve. So a lot of yeah. the group policies have six month waiting periods yeah, and you need is, to double check that. Which is very that. common. That's... And they cover it by doing a short term disability. Yeah. Intermountain used yeah. to give an automatic short term disability to everybody. I don't think they do that anymore. Now you have to sign up for it. Okay. Yeah. But um, you need to check, if you're in a group employer in Utah with like Ogden Clinic or Tanner Clinic, or if you're out of the state of Utah, we're sorry we're talking about Utah so much, Make sure with your group that you understand what that elimination period is and match your your cash flow to it. The other thing to mention on this is a lot of this depends upon if you are married or you have a significant other and you share expenses and you share income. So if that if your significant other has um, income that you can count on, kind of like physician income, yeah. that you you're both physicians, then maybe your cash reserves needs to be smaller. Because yeah. the likelihood of you get both getting in a car accident is real, but it's less likely than, you know, statistically than just one of you getting in an accident or one of you being disabled for some purpose. So you, you need to look at that and we can give you counsel exactly how to do it. There's some metrics we follow. Um, we just don't second guess on this stuff. We actually follow some patterns when we're meeting one on one. and and that's that's kind of important to know we don't I said this before physicians the likelihood of you losing your job is not very high now if you're earning less than your spouse and he or she loses their job and they're not a physician and you rely upon their income you better have a solid cash reserve that's not based upon work experience physicians either die or get disabled is the most likely case to use the emergency fund yeah or, or someone, like a mom, is dependent upon them, yeah. and they need to work and help them. That's some great but, counsel. But that's typically what we worry about. Well, good. Not job loss. Yeah,
0: yeah. Now, a lot of times we think of just someone who's starting out in their career um, as the, the ideal candidate of someone who needs to build an emergency fund. But we see this I mean, through every stage, maybe someone has an unexpected, unexpected expenses. They deplete their emergency fund later on in their career. Yeah. But so, I mean, generally speaking, you know, if someone's sitting there saying I I don't have an emergency fund, how should they prioritize that in relation to student loan debt, saving for retirement?
1: Yeah. Where, where do you prioritize it? So I'm going to go through a few items. Let's start with number one. If you are married or if you have a significant other and you are together, the person that is most concerned about that risk of not having an emergency fund wins this argument to me. (laughs) If he or she says, I have to have an emergency fund instead of paying for retirement, I let him or her win that argument because that's anxiety. and 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 the more secure we can make the relationship, the better you're gonna handle an emergency when you go through it. So I don't want anyone coming back and say, I told you, told you so, and then we start fighting in the midst of an emergency and create even more oh, drama. Yeah, absolutely. So let's make sure how the couple feels about the need for an emergency fund, number one. Number two, uh, typically we want to prioritize it over saving for the long term, because emergencies can happen the day you walk out of our door. So we can't assume it's going to happen three years from now. We have to assume that it happens at any time, and yeah. we need to immediately start prioritizing that at any time. Back to Murphy's law, right? Murphy's but, law, exactly. We can we can say you know if you're thirty, I can pretty much say you're not going to retire till you're sixty to sixty five. I can't say, oh, you're not going to get hit by a bagel truck until you're sixty. So yeah. we don't need to worry about that right now. Yeah. So we look we look to prioritize that, and um, and we want you to start saving somewhere. Between five to 10 percent of your take home pay, at least it would be nice if it was your gross. That's sometimes overwhelming for people to even do that amount, but we start looking through and saying, Where is there excess that we're using in an inappropriate way? Unfortunately, it does go to a little bit of budgeting conversation, those are painful conversations because it makes you really become accountable for how you live yeah. and how your emotions spend. But when you're going back to the idea of saving. We can help you find some money. Now there's some other tricks out there. Chad, you use them, I use them, I, I don't I think some of the other advisors I use it on myself. So I use two apps on my own that I continuously save. And it drives my wife crazy sometimes when she sees our checking account and she sees these daily withdrawals of a certain amount. <laughs> what are that you They go over this company. Yeah, exactly. That. Now it's the same amount every time. So I use a program um, called Acorns. Yeah. And Acorns an app. You can buy it on an iOS or an Android. And what it does, it does two things. You can either do what's called a roundup. And a roundup means that if you spend $10.50 at the store, you give permission to Acorns to round up that purchase to uh, $11. The next whole dollar. The next whole dollar. And so you know, you could acquire in a day through two people using a debit card, uh, $5 to $6 in whole dollar roundups. And then Acorn has permission to transfer that to them And then you can choose one of five portfolios um, to invest that from very conservative to very aggressive. Now, I use it for um, kind of some uh, moderate investments. I use this as this is one of my travel funds as an example. It just sits there and acquires money for travel um, and some other needs that we have in our life where we just kind of randomly save. And then I also have it on that every day it saves a certain amount of money from my checking account whether I have Roundups or not. Yeah. And and it includes weekends. So on Monday I have I have three payments that come out every Monday, Saturday, Sunday, and Monday. Hmm. And then it goes into my Acorns account. And that thing is great. And I love looking at it. It's very addictive. It's it's almost it's the gamification process of savings. Yeah. Because I get to watch myself play this game. And it's on autopilot. I never change it. Let's be honest. I'm too lazy.
0: Scaling <laughs> let's be honest, scaling back your life and carving out things you like to do to yeah. build an emergency fund, like on the fun scale, is like an all time low, right? It's an all time
1: yeah, it's the biggest downer of my life. And so yeah.
0: it's depressing. And so yeah. I think I think that's a great tool to to say, hey, we're gonna make it, so I don't have to write a check, I don't have to do anything; it just automatically happens. Yeah, it's kind of neat and fun to see this account grow and know that
1: I can use it whenever I need. Um, and we do it here with Fidelity. Yeah, you know, we can do it in other ways, but this is a little bit different of a tool that even makes it even more pain less pain. Yeah, yeah. you know, it's like a prick of a finger from the doctor versus a, a good on penicillin shot yeah. so it just doesn't hurt as much but it's happening all the time that's one and then the other one is called digit digit i use as well and digit i give permission to go in and look at my checking account balance yeah. every day and it has an algorithm to determine how much it can save that day based upon my spending patterns it's a fantastic app it looks overly simplified but it's great and so some days like when i first get paid and my paycheck comes in yeah i get a whopping amount that seems to come out sure. but it's never destroyed me and I can change it, I can tell them to spend less, I can tell them to spend more, and I can do it on the app and just say, a little more, a little less, I can like dial it up and down. Um, but that one's been a good one too. And I, I like that account. I actually use that account sometimes when those unexpected expenses like soccer dues come out. Yeah. And my wife surprised me and says, hey, yeah. LaRocca, they, they need another 500 bucks. Oh yeah, And yeah. it's like, what? I had no idea that was coming. Well, now instead of panicking, I can go to my Digit account and I throw over $500. It takes three days to go from Digit to my checking account. And I'm back to normal in my brain. And I didn't go through this anxiety attack in my head and think, oh, I've got to. Yeah, that's Heidi weird. and I've got to sit down and talk about these Larocadews. You know what? Yeah. I've planned for it because I know we're not good at sitting down and talking about yeah. Larocadews, and you're, I do this
0: for a living. You're not sitting down saying,
1: "What am I going to give up in my life?" Like, exactly, because it's already built in. Yeah. And so, like, don't you think it's easier to budget savings than budget spending? Like, to know? budget, I'm going to save two hundred dollars a month. Yes. Absolutely. Versus, I'm going to spend less than $200 a month and then move it over. So if you can budget your savings or turn it on autopilot like these little apps, Chad's original question of how do I start building up this account even after I've depleted it? Yes, it takes time, but so does losing weight. So does getting back in shape. So does getting your health in order. I mean, everything takes time, but time is on your side and the best time to start is right now. It's not tomorrow. So we can kind of help you figure out how to start like right now. And it's not just opening an account at UMA Financial Services. There's a lot of other ways we can do it.
0: Yeah. And, you know, I guess to kind of wrap this up, you know, it's uh, an emergency fund. We have fund gone is, longer than our 20 minutes.
1: <laughs> <It's> <laughs> I told you, okay. I'm a long talker. No, no, this has been good stuff. <laughs> My clients who are listening to this are going, oh, yeah, this, this is totally normal. This is no surprise. We're going over.
0: Yeah. <laughs> you know, an emergency fund is kind of the foundation of any financial plan you know you you, it's it's fun to start saying oh you know I I see my 401k accounts or my brokerage account balance is growing and doing well yeah and it might not be as fun to see think about emergency savings but it really is the foundation without it it is crucial the plan will fall apart especially in the face of an emergency or disaster so you know, it's important and, you know, we, we see it. It's like being, gas in the car. We see it being relevant it from everyone really from medical important. school through retirement. So yeah.
1: they have to have it. So it's, one, one of the things I better just quickly mention. Absolutely. Yeah. One of the things that comes up is, well, I get a match in my 401k. Shouldn't I be putting that in? If we can do that and save for retirement, the I mean, for emergency for fund, emergency. the answer is yes. Yeah. We recognize that. We don't want to give away that free money. Yeah. We try to help you to see, can we do both? Yeah. That That is true. But after that match is reached, you've got to go back to emergency savings, get that up, and then we'll go overfund retirement. I just had to throw yeah. that in so people don't think we missed that's, that. No, that, that's that's a very it is important. Very good point. You don't you don't want to leave
0: money on the table that yeah. could could be yours. Could be yours. So very good point. Anyway, sorry for jumping in on that. No, no, Pat, Patrick, you've given some great insights. Thank you for uh, carving some time out and uh, sure. taking a dive into this. Anytime. And uh, you know, like you said, any questions, send them our way and. Um, thanks again Patrick thank you it was fun